You're listening to the Michael Papinchak Show. Yay, everybody. How's it going? Yeah. What a good song. You know, I've talked many times about how long it took me to find this intro music. Um, I'll actually, I'll never really forget uh, <laughs> being on a treadmill in New York City, the 83rd Street Crunch, and I'd be walking on the treadmill listening to as much royalty-free music as I could. And this album came up of like motivational music for like corporations, for like businesses. And as soon as I heard this, uh, that was it. That was the song. I think it'd be funny if I if I played a bunch of ones that I didn't use. I think that'd be pretty hilarious. So, ladies and gentlemen, right now, it seems like the big thing in the world are storms. There are storms everywhere, record-breaking storms, devastating storms, flooding storms, and up here in Mars, PA, in Butler County, we um, are not uh, exempt from these storms. Last night, I was driving home from uh, where my mom lives up to where I live, and I was driving through quite a crazy storm. Now, am I comparing this storm to what happened in Houston? And what's going to be happening in Florida? No, not at all, because I survived. There was no major flooding and no trees down, at least none that I encountered. So it wasn't terrible, but it was still a storm. And it seems like right now we are in storm season. So um, actually, as I was starting the show, um, as you probably guessed two minutes into the show here, I am flying solo. It is Thursday night. I work till 8. It is almost 9 p.m. now. I went and got Chipotle right after work. I got myself the, the chicken burrito. This is, this is what I do now. So I get the chicken burrito bowl. Now, I usually get double meat, but the girl was very... Double chicken. So the girl was very generous with her single scoop, if you should say, of chicken. So I, I stayed with the single. But what I do now is I get the bowl... And then I get the tortilla on the side. And so what happens is I make my own little burritos as I go along. Because what I find with a Chipotle burrito or a Moe's burrito or whatever, Cadoba, is that you bite into it and you get a pocket of only rice. Then you bite into it again and you're just basically, you know, face palming a bunch of guacamole. And so I decided that, that that's no good. That's that's no good. That's no way to do it. My chair. I'm trying to get my chair comfortable here. Okay, here we go. No. So what I do is I is I get the tortilla on the side. I mix the burrito together. So every time I take a scoop of it, you get some lettuce, some tomato, some corn, some chicken, and some guacamole and some rice. So that's what what I do. And as I was starting the show here, um, Jason is sick. He's not feeling well, so he's not coming over for the show. And I got to do a show because it's TMPS and it's Friday and I have to do a show. So I'm flying solo for the first time in a long time 
it feels really kind of strange. I have three microphones. Uh, as we said last week, we have a microphone literally down on the floor. The uh, boom, the boom stand broke for mic number one. For I'm sorry, for mic number two, Jason's mic. I have two new boom stands laying here. I just just got them in the mail today from our good friends at B and H in Manhattan, where I buy all of my podcasting um, equipment. I'm exclusively. If you need anything, audio, video, anything from simple earbuds all the way up to a professional television camera that you would see used on like the news, you can go to B&H. Head over to B&H anytime to their, to their website. You could even talk to somebody if you're not sure what to order and get all your stuff there. Computers, laptops, audio equipment, like I said, headphones. If you ever want to do a podcast, all everything I I have here, except for the computer, my brand new blue Microsoft Surface laptop, which I love more. You know what? I've never loved a computer. I never went out and bought a computer and thought, oh, my God, I cannot wait to own this, this computer. I thought, this is the one that I want. I love it so much. I'm thrilled. I just go, okay, what do I want? HP, Dell. What do I need? What kind of processor? What kind of RAM? I know nothing about it. I ask my younger siblings, and they help me pick it out. But my younger sister, Danielle, was like, go get yourself a Microsoft Surface laptop. Now, she has the Pro. I bought the laptop. I don't want the one where it disconnects, and it's like a, it's like a, I, it's like a, um, a tablet. And then you have to reconnect all the time the uh, keyboard. I don't want that. I like it to be one thing. So it's it's a legit laptop, and it's um, solid state. It's super fast. It turns on as soon as you press the power button. There's, like, no delay. You just press the power button, and it turns on. It's unbelievable. Like, I don't really know how it works because other computers, you know, that I have, they're, like, total shit in that regard. They Like, my, my, my old computer takes, like, a half. It, took, it literally took a half hour. You would turn it on, and it would take, like, a half hour for it to actually get to the point where you could open the internet, where you could check your your mail. Unbelievable. But everything else I have here, from the, the Behringer mixer to my Shure SM7B microphone to my boom stands to my Audio-Technica AT2020 microphones to even the, the uh, windscreens. I have actually little wind protectors on the AT2020s, all from B&H. Even the USB stick that I used to plug all this stuff into, B and H. It's a great store. If you listen way back to the show, way in the beginning, to show number one, you will hear Amanda Mason and I. Amanda, if you're listening, I haven't talked to you in a long time. I miss you very much. I'm probably going to text you soon now that I'm thinking about you. I think about you often, but I've been so busy with my job and you've been busy pursuing your new career, but... If you go back to show number one, TMPS number one, I believe this is TMPS 57. I don't even know because we do so many shows and I'm so busy now. I'm going to check. It's hard to keep up with how many shows I actually do. I think it's 57. Is it 57? I'm, I'm, I'm going to look here like in two seconds. SoundCloud. Michael Pinchak show. Yeah, this will be show 57. 57. It's amazing. We're going to hit 60, and the next thing you know, we're going to have 100 
shows. For the 100th show, I want to fly in Amanda, Caitlin, Alex King, my younger brother. Well, he's I don't have to fly him in. He's here. Anyone who's been on the show, hosting Kimmy, anyone. I want them here for show 100. We'll get all the mics set up. We'll bring people in, have guests, have them call in. Unreal. You know, speaking of, of my brother, Larry. You know, Larry has the cutest baby of all time, Camila, my 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 niece. And uh, I was with her last night, and she unfortunately had to go to the hospital. Oh, it just, it's heartbreaking, people. It is heartbreaking when you get a picture sent to you via text from your uh, future sister-in-law, and it is a picture of Camila in a hospital bed. She had a very high fever, like 104 or something, and she had a double ear infection and just high fever, oh, just awful, but she's such a trooper. They said she never pulled her ears, never showed like she was in any kind of pain, never fussed or cried too much, so last night my mom was watching her, and I went over to my mom's house after work. I left promptly at 6, and... uh and today on Friday, I will be taking my actual day off. I have no, nothing planned for tomorrow, no appointments. I'm so happy to be able to not set an alarm, sleep in a little bit, wake up, clean up, pay some bills, do some laundry, just have a day to myself. I'll probably go see my mom at some point. But last night, I was hanging out with Camila. And even though, I mean, she clearly looked sick. Like, she's had this kind of like crusty look. She kept like rubbing her nose. But she's just so positive and so happy and such a trooper. But she learned a lesson last night. Now, going from our living room to our kitchen is a swinging door, okay? And there's a baby gate there. And what Camila likes to do is close the swinging door onto the baby gate and then try to pull the swinging door back open. And my mom kept saying, you're going to squish your fingers. You're going to squish your fingers. Now, Camila is super smart. Okay, because she takes after my younger my young, my younger brother. She figured out if she put her hand under the door, she could curl her fingers and pull the door open. But then she tried to grab the door with her left hand, therefore squishing her fingers. Now, I wasn't near her at the time, and my mom was sitting in her chair. My mom's not fast enough to get up. I knew the squishing of the fingers was inevitable, but I also thought to myself. She needs to learn that lesson. Yeah, she was screaming and hollering because it hurt. She was grabbing her fingers. Nothing was broken. She was fine. I did it when I was a kid. We all did it, but that's how you learn. That's how you learn. If we protect people from every little thing, then how are they ever to grow stronger and smarter? You know what I mean? So anyway, so I, I'm watching Camila. We're having a great time. We're watching... This 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 Russian cartoon, Masha and the Bear. It's obviously Russian. It's very odd animation. The little girl's like a little like Russian outfit, like traditional R Russian outfit. It's a big bear. And it's all about how this big bear um takes care of this little Russian girl and just keeps her out of trouble. And it's just this funny little show, and it's obviously overdubbed in English. And because you can tell because the lips of the little girl aren't really moving correctly to the English that's being over overdubbed. But Camila was loving it. We were watching it. Apparently, she was watching it in the hospital when she was a children's. And kind. And so now we've been trying to watch it because Camila likes it. 
And uh, we were having a great time just playing around, doing stuff. If you're friends with me on Facebook, go on Facebook. I posted a, a video of Camila running around the the living room. And, you know, she's not speaking yet, but she's saying little phrases, little words. Like, she actually hit the door and said, open. You know, she loves, uh-oh. That's her favorite thing. Uh-oh. That's her favorite thing. And and Marissa has a Band-Aid on her finger, and she points it and goes, ew, you know. Uh, Camila does not like any kind of wound. Camila scraped her knee, and she kept going, ew, like, you know. So she isn't into wounds, any kind of scratch, bump, anything of that 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 nature. Look it. That's her favorite phrase. She'll go, look it. And thank you isn't really thank you. It's more like ding ding. It's more like ding ding. It's more like just the thank you. It's more just the the, the cadence of thank you. Bum, bum. Like she'll just kind of say something that sounds like thank you. And uh, she's unbelievable. Well, we, we took her back to Larry's apartment. And then Larry took me over. Well, we drove Larry to uh, CMU so he could work on his projects there. Because they literally work to like all hours of the morning. And I got to tell you something. I, I'm in this lab at CMU, and uh, there's a couple other people working there. And Larry waltzes in, and he's just like the king. Larry's the king. I mean, these robots, I guess they're robots. They're meant to go in pipes. I don't even know all the details, people. And it's not really worth getting into because, honestly, I could spend the next 15 minutes describing to you what these robots do. And then Larry could text me after listening to the show and go, Michael, that was all completely wrong. I mean, I actually, Larry explained one robot he was building once. And we were in a company, you know, him, I, and some other people. And I was explaining what this robot did to someone in Larry's presence. And Larry looked at me and said, that's not even remotely what this robot is for at all. But Larry deals in things that are so beyond my comprehension that even when he explains them to me, there's just literally no way for me to know what he's talking about. There's just no way. But anyway, uh, I got to see this these these robots that were commissioned by the Department of Energy, and um, I, I it's just it's unreal that my little brother, this little kid who used to destroy my Legos, you see. Larry and I have very different brains, okay? Larry is the kind of person that could look at a pile of Legos and build something, okay? I'm the kind of person who looks at a pile of Legos and searches for the directions and builds something based on the directions and does it picture perfect. That's not what Larry does. When I was a kid, so I, I was nine when Larry was born. So when I was like 11, 12, Larry was around three, right? He was able to walk, get around, run around, talk a little bit, and really, you know, use his hands well. He would come into my room, which was covered in action figures, Legos. I mean, I was all about it. Star Wars action figures, big Lego displays. I would build, like, these big Lego things, and they were all over my dresser and in my chest of drawers and in my closet on shelves. I would come home from school, and they would be destroyed. And there would be Larry sitting in the middle of all these Legos building his own stuff. So, you know, I always tell people about my siblings, right? That, in my opinion, they're really doing what they're meant to be doing. My older sister has been 
arguing and negotiating her whole life. She is a lawyer. Danielle is among the smartest people you'll ever meet. She's always been the one with the right answer, with the, you know, with the iron, iron trap memory. You know, the science, the just just so intelligent in so many different ways. She's a doctor. And then Larry's been engineering since he was born. And he's an engineer. And then there's me, the voice behind the Michael Papinchak show. And I feel like I'm doing exactly what I am meant to be doing. And that is this show for you right now. Basically, I don't know how I got off on this tangent, but what I was going to say was that it's storming currently. And when I started the show, before I could press record, which I kind of regret, I really wish I would have pressed record about 10 seconds earlier because you would have heard this huge crash of thunder. And um, it looks pretty calm right now. It's raining a little bit, but it was storming 20 minutes ago when I started the show. So... As everyone knows out there in the world, Hurricane Harvey came through and uh, basically made most of Houston oceanfront property. Even though I know Houston's on the Gulf, now it's pretty much all on the Gulf. And uh, our prayers are with the families and people down there in Houston, and I hope everyone is safe and they get back on their feet as quickly as possible. Uh, a source that I really trust told me that one million cars, one million cars have been totaled in the Houston area, both privately owned and driven and ones on car lots like Lexus of North Hills. And I was telling my managers, I was like, hey, you know, I was, I was telling Jason, I was like, why don't we just, you know, go down there and start selling sell some cars? Why not? These people, I mean, a million cars. That's a lot of cars, people. One million cars have been totaled. One million. That's like, that's like a car. Think about like the Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh the city only has 300,000. I don't know how, I don't know the metro area, you know, but one million. It's like unbelievable. Like, what what does that insurance look like? You know what I mean? Like, I just got renter's insurance for my townhouse, and she was like, do you want flood insurance? That's extra. I said, no, I don't need flood insurance. Well, like in Houston, you know, if you're, you know, do you have flood insurance? Or is your car just totaled in the sense that it's totaled and your insurance company will just give you the market value for the vehicle? Just like any vehicle that gets totaled in an accident or whatever, you get market value for the vehicle, and I guess it goes towards the next vehicle, you know, the the replacement vehicle. Well, that's it. Harvey came through. No big deal. Well, it was a big deal, but what I mean is the season's over. Harvey was the big one. You know, Harvey was the, the, the Katrina of this year, and now we're going to move on with our lives and rebuild Houston and, you know, unite as a country and be strong like Americans are, are strong. However, it looks like Miss Hurricane Irma is the biggest storm ever. So big that I heard they were actually considering 
creating a whole new category for this storm. So I guess hurricanes are one through five. They were actually considering calling it a six and creating uh, uh, its own its own category. And I'm thinking, who 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 names these things? Harvey, Irma, and then after Irma comes through, and basically what it looks like is going to destroy Florida, at least the southern part. I mean, we were actually today at work was super boring. I mean, work the past few days has just been the most boring thing in the world. I, you know, I really enjoy the the job of selling cars. I have to tell you because I love being with and around people. Okay, so when someone comes in, they're a new guest, or let's say it's like an internet lead, and I haven't met them yet. It's exciting. Hey, my name's Mike, and they hey, I'm Jim, or whatever, Bob, and then. You know, you you go through the process. What are you looking for? What do you need? Whose car is this going to be? You know, you want to lease? You want to buy? How many miles do you drive a year? And then you go for the test drive. And then you're doing this, doing that. And all this good stuff, right? And that's the job. And that's the fun part. Doing the proposal. Getting the figures. Figuring out what colors they want. Finding the car. You know, if we don't have it on the lot. You know, we just get it for you. But I got to tell you something. When it's slow... And you've already made your 10 to 20 phone calls. Well, here's the deal. Here's the deal. L- listen to this bullshit, okay? There's there's these, these me- metrics out there, okay? That if you make 25 phone calls, okay? And there's some other numbers in there, 25, th- 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 I don't even know what they are. But if you make 25 phone calls, okay? You're going to sell one car. Now, this metric is based on floor-up follow-ups. Okay? So what does that mean? So like I've said before in the show, if you listen, or if you're in the business, an up is someone like like a new guest. They'll say, hey, there's a new, there's a new guest here. Someone comes in, says, hi, I'm looking for a compact SUV. That's an up. They didn't make an appointment. They didn't call ahead. They're just a new customer. They decided we're going to go look at Lexus's today. So a floor up. So someone that you met on the floor, you talked to, you looked at a car. They didn't buy anything because that's called a spot. That that person's done. You don't, you, don't, you only have to call them as a thank you and maybe, hey, fill out the survey. But this is someone who comes in. They're new. They're an up. You met them on the floor. You maybe did a test drive, the whole deal proposal, and they want to go home and think about it. Well, the next day, you should call them as a follow-up. So a floor-up follow-up, okay, a foo-foo. That metric, that 25, is based on foo-foos, okay? I don't think I talk to 25 people a month, let alone be able to call 25 people a day. Okay, so this whole thing about calling 25 people a day. For, listen, I think I called, I talked to 12 people today. And those 12 people, well, called, I, I didn't talk to, I called 12 people. I actually, I actually had a pretty good day today as far as metrics are concerned. I called 12 people and I spoke to, I don't know, probably four or five 
but I got three appointments out of it. Now, that is big. Those are big numbers. I Usually, I call 15 to 20 people just depending on my on who I've talked to and the leads I get and what, however I set up my calls for the day. And I won't get any appointments, okay? okay oh, we're still thinking about it. Oh, this, that, and the other, and bada, bada, bing. Okay, well, hey, that's fine. Listen, I'm not, I'm not, it's just, it's fine. It's a big purchase, okay? Like, most most of the time, people who buy a Lexus are financing or leasing or paying cash at like for like 50000 some odd dollars, okay? So, it's a big decision. I think you should think about it. I think it's prudent to think about it. You know, I mean, hey, as much as I would love for every customer to come in, test drive a car, and then buy it on the spot, and that's what's called a spot. When you meet someone and sell a car that that day, that's called a spot. I wish all my sales were, were spots. It'd make my life a lot easier. You know, as Bob says, what's a B-back? Now, as you've heard me say before, a B-back is someone who you took as an up who comes back the next day, let's say, unannounced. That's a B-back. So anyway, um, I called 12 people. I got three appointments. That's big. That's, that, that's being productive. That is really, you know, using your, your phone calls and your time well. But once I made those 12 calls, and again, well, why don't you make 20 calls, 25 calls? Well, there's only so many people to call. Like I said, it's a it's a it's a it's a low traffic store. Okay, there's only one salesperson who's going to talk to 25 people in a month. The rest of us don't talk to that many people. Nor could we ever sell that many cars per month. Oh well, this person at this store, that person at this store. Yeah, but not every car dealership is the same. And also, if they're if they're selling not a luxury vehicle, then you can't compare them at all, okay? Because they like to say the price of the car doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, it does. If the price of the car didn't matter, then everyone would drive a Ferrari, okay? At the end of the day, okay, what is that called? What's that saying? Uh, shit walks and money talks. I don't know, something like that. Some saying like that. Basically, at the end of the day, people buy cars based on the money figures that you put in front of them because they're, they're either going to be one of two things. They're going to be a price buyer or a payment buyer. Okay, so they're going to say, well, this car's $52,000. I really can't afford a $52,000 car. And no matter what I do, the numbers, the incentives, if that car is above 50 grand, they, 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 in their mind, they can't afford it, okay? Even if the payment, even if somehow I get the payment low with their trade, with incentives, with rebates, et cetera, uh, it's over 50 grand. I, I have to be 50 or below, and, and people are stuck in their brain. They get stuck in this idea that they, that they can't afford the car even though they actually can, but that's beside the point because they're stuck in their brain. And then you have people who are like, well, I can't have a payment over 500 bucks a month. You know, and they're on a $50,000 car and your payment's going to be 600, 700 bucks a month, depending on the situation. So at the end of the day, no matter what you do, if you get them coffee, a bottle of water, if you have a really fun test drive, if you make them laugh, at the end of the day, 
when you put the money in front of them, if it doesn't work with their budget, their finance, or however they think about vehicles and whatever they've been doing. Because listen, people, the people who buy Lexuses are old. They're old people. They've been buying cars the same way since the Great Fucking Depression. Okay, they're not going to change it because we tell them it's different now. You know what I mean? They're not going to change. They're set in their ways. Okay, but when you put that when you put that proposal in front of them, if it doesn't work for them, it doesn't matter what you did. It's money. It comes down to money. It's sales. Money, money, money. You know what happens? Okay. Wouldn't you think Lexus, uh, you know, every time they 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 send a car over, they put tires on it, right? Well, you can't have a car without tires. Well, sometimes when cars come in, they have Michelins. Sometimes they have Bridgestones. Sometimes they have Yokohama. Do you know why? Because at the moment that the tires are being put on, Toyota, Lexus, they put on whatever is the cheapest at the moment. So even Lexus itself, it's a business. It's money. Everything's about money. That's what everything is about. You could get them Starbucks. You could get them a, a, an Egg McMuffin. You could buy them a Rolex. At the end of the day, if their payment's too high, oh, thanks for the Rolex. We're going to go to Acura. It's money. That's what matters. The bottom line, the proposal That is why when I sell cars, I get them to my desk and sing a proposal as soon as possible. Because at the end of the day, if they can't afford it, then please move on because I have other things to do. You know what I mean? Because that's the bottom line. Because listen, we can talk about colors. We can talk about this, that. Listen, I can talk about features and we could figure all that shit out later. What I need to know is, are you a serious player? That's what I need to know. Are are you in it or not? Because you get people that come in and they see these commercials. You know, lease your let your dream Lexus today for $2.99 a month. Listen, you can't lease a Lexus for $2.99 a month unless you give me $10,000 down. Okay, so you, you get these people and they think because of the commercial, they can they can have a luxury vehicle for less than 300 bucks a month. It's not going to happen, people. There's taxes, there's fees. We probably don't even have the car that is the least special car. We only have one least special car that I know of. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, shit walks and money talks, people. That's just the, that's just the, that's it. That's just how it is. So how do I sell so many cars? This month is slow. Oh my God, this freaking month. I'm literally like today. Today I, today, I spent half of my day talking to another salesperson about, about opera. We were watching YouTube videos. And, um, well, I was trying to do, so we have this, this company that um, basically it, um, it, it helps us organize how to talk to customers and, uh, you know, the fact that we are going to have customers from multiple generations and, like, the older customers might not really be into texting. You know, they're probably not going to have Facebook. But like if you're talking to like uh, someone in their early 30s buying a Lexus, they're probably going to, I mean, I I had a customer, like we pretty much texted. The entire deal was done over text, basically. I mean, at the end of the day, they came in, we decided on a final proposal, 
and they bought the car. But as far as scheduling appointments, um, talking about features and stuff, like we were we were texting. So there's this company out there that we use, and it helps us with like word tracks. Like when we when when we make a phone call, it helps us organize our thought. You know, or when someone calls in. You know, like they, they they call the store and they say, I'd like to talk to a uh, a, a salesperson. And they go, okay, Michael, take the sales call. And we have a sheet. It's a phone-up sheet. And it, it tells us how to organize the call, what to say, not specifically what to say, because every, every customer should be um, uh, approached in a unique and personal way. But you have to have your thoughts organized or it's a disaster. And I'm all about efficiency. So I try to do everything very efficient and clean to get them in and out as soon as possible because car buying is is all people hate it. It's like going to the dentist. It takes all day. The, I mean, you have to wait forever and stare at the wall and this. So I, I try to streamline it as much as possible. So even with the phone calls, it's like it literally says, hello, my name's Michael. How may I help you? Well, I'm online. I'm looking at this NX 200T. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, What kind of equipment are you looking for? Right? Oh, I really want nav and a moonroof. And and I think I want, you know, I want heated and ventilated seats. Well, that's fantastic. I can definitely get that to you. Uh, The MSRP is probably going to be around $44,000 and stun some. And, well, how about this? Like, have you driven an NX before? No, I've never even seen one. Well, why don't you come in tonight or tomorrow? What, What time works some for you? I could be in tomorrow around noon. All right, well, how about this? How about we do 12.15? I'll make myself available, and I'll see you tomorrow. And then you get their phone number, and you get their information and their name, first name, last name, and then you put it into the contact management. Next thing you know, you have an appointment for the next day. Boom, 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 boom. Don't waste time. Don't start getting into too many features and stuff and numbers. Get them in the door, right? And I made three appointments doing that, that today. Three appointments. I mean, I couldn't believe it. This one guy I called, it was a cold call. We have these lists of people who own Lexuses, who have bought them from North Hills. Lists of people. It was a cold call. I was super bored. I was so bored today. No one was in the store. I, I did take one up. Thank God this new customer came in. I, I was like, I, I'm not going to survive today. It was so boring. Because when there's nothing going on, it's the most boring job in the world. So um, I just made this cold, this cold call. Uh, I have no idea if this guy wants a new Lexus. He currently owns Lexuses. I mean, you know, he might drive them in like, like into the ground. I don't know, but I just decided to give him a call. He goes, oh, I'm driving in my car right now. Uh, yeah, I have this 2,000 whatever, and I got 90,000 miles on it, whatever, this, that, and the other. And I, he, I go, well, you know what? The salesperson who sold you the, the, those cars is no longer... Here, like, could I send you my info? He goes, yeah, you can send me your info, but I have a question. Next thing you know, when a customer has a question, it could lead to all kind of good stuff. All kind of good stuff. Okay? He's got a question. Next thing I know, we made an appointment for next week. But this, so this company helps you do that. Now, to pass the time, they have these, like, training modules. Kind of like when I started at Lexus, I had to do all this like a training where you watch videos about, you know, um, Lexus is known for their performance, like in their F-Sport models. The F-Sport models come in the NX, the RX, 
the the G, you know, the GS, the IS, and et cetera, et cetera. And then at, at the end of the module, you have to answer a, a quiz like, "What what models do does Lexus make the F Sport in?" And then you have to remember, okay, it was RX, NX, GS, IS, but you know what I mean, et cetera, et cetera. So, <coughs> excuse me. This is probably going to be an unedited show, so you just heard me cough there a little bit because I don't feel like editing anymore. It just takes too long. It takes forever, and I'm so busy now. I hate being this busy. I hate it. I want to do my show. Like I, Jason's not here. I tried to get Alexa on the show, but she's working at the hospital now, and she has to be up at like 4.30 in the morning and all this, and I'm like, ugh. So I need to move recordings to a specific time, probably Monday nights where I know Jason... And I get off work at the same time. Alexa could be here and we could do a good show for you. But I don't mind doing it by myself. Even though it's probably boring for you as a listener just to hear me ramble on about this useless shit. But I was trying to do these these uh, these modules today and they wouldn't work. I would do a module and, and, it, and it wouldn't tell me it was completed. And you can't do the next one till the first one's been completed. So, I mean, literally today was just... I mean, I think I had five biscotti. That's how boring it was. I think I had five biscotti and two macaroons. That's way too much. That that's that's not right. I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't do that. That that's that's not healthy. That's not healthy for me. That's not healthy for you. I can't keep doing that. Five biscotti. So at Lexus of North Hills, we offer coffee. We have two two uh, those are Keurig things. And we also have biscotti and sometimes macaroons from this this bakery in the South Hills. It's a nice little thing we have for our clients while they're waiting for service or a salesperson. You could enjoy a coffee or a biscotti. So it's a nice little thing. We also have bottles of water. We also have these little these little uh, pop uh, cans of pop, which I feel are mostly enjoyed by the people who work there because the refrigerator is behind the bar and not visible to customers. And they can't go behind there because it's, it's employees only to get a soda. So most of the time, it's just the employees drinking free soda. That's pretty much what it is, even though we have a pop machine. I often don't want a full bottle of Pepsi or Coke. I often just need like a little pick-me-up. And they got the little itty-bitty cans of pop, so that's what I usually go for. But anyway, so... It was boring as shit today. That's the moral of the story. I think that's what I was trying to say. I don't even know. I don't even know. I'm sitting here by myself in my in my townhouse doing a show for you guys. I'm just trying to think of, you know, I. someone was asking me today, you know, I was talking about, about opera, right? And it reminded me a lot of the fact that it's really what I, what I, the only thing I'm really qualified to do. I mean, sales is sales. If you can talk and get along with people, anyone can sell anything. Okay, it doesn't matter what it is, from copier machines to um, to cars. It, it takes a certain kind of personality. It's not right for everybody. But at the end of the day, what I really know about, whether I like it or not, is opera, is singing, is like music, is like performing. You know, and it would kind of, you know, it's odd that I don't miss New York. I really don't. I'm very content here in Mars, PA. I'm very content in this townhouse. This job, I, I like. I do like it a lot. I don't know if I'll do it forever, but I, I do like it a lot, and I'm not terrible at it. I'm getting much better. There's still a lot of gaps in my knowledge, but I think that'll come in time. 
You know, I just found out today that, you know, we offer free state inspections. However, what isn't free is the emissions test, which I think is interesting. And it's, I mean, basically at the end of the day, we're offering you free state inspections. Like we are paying for your for your state inspections. Like, we don't have to do that. That's something that we do as a courtesy to uh, people who buy from us at Lexus of North Hills. And But I had no idea that it didn't include the emissions part of the inspection. But then basically basically, what the reason why we only offer the state inspections is it kind of makes it even for everyone where maybe emissions isn't required, you know, or maybe there aren't state inspections. It's kind of an interesting dynamic that one of the other salespeople was explaining to me. It actually makes it more, more even for everybody. But, um, you know, I'm going up to Connecticut for a wedding next week, and I've been thinking about it, and I thought, you know, it's so close to Manhattan, and I'd love to get down there, but I don't think I'm going to have time. But honestly, I was thinking about my life now, and I thought, man, you know, and I was telling someone at work, you know, Manhattan was great, and I was showing her pictures, this girl at work, of my uh, apartment and she couldn't believe how small the kitchen was and just you know all this that and the other she just could not believe it but I th- I was looking at these pictures of my apartment and I really thought I was going to get nostalgic and sad and I didn't I really didn't I thought wow that was a really cool time in my life I was very lucky to live in that apartment in that city for five years and I have no regrets but right now, what I'm doing, where I am, this is this is it. This is what I'm meant to be doing at this moment. But let's get back to what's important out there. We got Harvey, okay? Harvey took out Houston. Now we got Irma. Okay. I don't again, who's naming these things? Harvey Irma. Okay. And then and then I'm thinking, okay, we have Harvey, we have Irma. We're going to have like a Jacob or, and then, then all of a sudden the next one, because it's alphabetical, is Jose. And then again, and then I, I, I just opened USA Today, and now there's one, there's a, there's a, there's a Katia who's coming after Jose. So now Florida's going to get leveled by Irma, and then Jose's going to roll up and do something, and then we have Katia. I don't even know where Katia is coming from or what's going I should have done some research. I mean, rainfall from Katia could cause life-threatening flash floods and mudslides. What is going on here? But then but then you, you want to know something? We're going to have all these hurricanes this year, right? The next year we're going to have like like none. You know, that that's how it usually goes, right? That's how that's how it usually goes. We're probably going to have none. Um some news, something something I'm really excited about. Is I don't uh, um, um, I really do a lot of reading. I haven't read a book in quite some time. I was reading American Gods and I was super into it, but then I watched the first season of the show and I got super busy at work. And when I get home, I'm super tired, so I kind of put that book away. Um, not even halfway through, which I'm really sad about. I'd love to finish it, but it's really big, thick. Lots of pages, lots to read. So maybe I will finish it at some point. But um, my favorite author of all time, uh, the books I've read the most 
are Vince Flynn novels. If you haven't read Vince Flynn, go out and get American Assassin. It is uh, the kind of the origin. It's not it's not the first book in the series, but it's a sequel book of the origin of how the main character, Mitch Rapp, got into the CIA. And it stars Michael Keaton as Stan Hurley, who is the guy who trains Mitch Rapp. And um, I love, love, love Vince Flynn. And I love, 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 love the fact that they are finally getting a movie from one of these books. And it's smart to start with American Assassin because if they're thinking about, you know, which I'm sure they are, if this is successful, making another one and another one and another one, kind of in the vein of a James Bond or Mission Impossible, because that is the kind of story it is. It's a, it's actually more like 24. Okay, Mitch Rapp is a Jack Bauer. When shit's going down and they need someone to save the day, they send in Mitch Rapp. I don't know how many Vince Flynn novels, how, mu- how much of the Vince Flynn uh, saga I've read. I've read most of it, not all of it. Um, uh, uh, the first book is actually not a Mitch Rapp book. The first Vince Flynn novel is a political thriller, which are which is my favorite genre of uh, fiction, but it doesn't have Mitch Rapp in it. It's, it's the second one and on where it's all Mitch Rapp. Unfortunately, Vince Flynn passed away a few years ago, but the there's another author carrying on the Mitch Rapp stories. And so there are still books coming out, but... The author, Vince Flynn, unfortunately passed away of cancer a few years ago. and I was really sad about that because I did read one of the non-Vince Flynn Mitrap books. And it was good. It was fine. But after you've read an author several times, you know, through several books, you kind of get a flavor, right? You kind of, you you know, you 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 hear Vince Flynn's, voice in the book, right? His The way he likes to talk, present things, structure things. And no matter how hard this other author tries, he's not Vince Flynn. And you can just kind of tell. You can just tell. It's not the same. It's just not the same. But I've actually, I, I actually bought the uh, American Assassin book. I probably have a few copies of it because I probably have the original hardback. And then... I have the the um, the uh, paperback, and then I bought just the other day. I bought the paperback with Michael Keaton on it and the kid who's playing a young Mitch Rapp. Because in the Mitch Rapp series early on, Mitch Rapp is older, like he's a grown man and had a wife and this, that, and the other. In American Sass, like I said, it's a sequel, so they go back. He's I think he's supposed to be like just out of college. I'm pretty sure he's like 20, like mid, mid 20s at like the oldest. So he's like a younger guy. And like, I, I think um, Bruce Willis was attached to this movie at one point. Chris Hemsworth was attached to this movie at one point. There are all kind of other famous people attached to it. But um, I think Michael Keaton as Stan Hurley, that to me just, uh, you know, Stan Hurley is this older guy. He's been around a long time. He trains all these CIA counterterrorism dudes. You know, he's he's kind of like that drill sergeant kind of guy, but not like in full metal jacket like like Arlie Ermey. 
Like, I'm going to cut off your head and shit down your neck. Not that kind of thing, but he's like the tough guy. He's the guy who could break your arm in two seconds. He's been around. He's been all over. You know, and I think right now in his career, Michael Keaton, that's really perfect for him. I, I love that Keaton has had this 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 renaissance in his career. I'm such a huge fan of the Michael Keaton renaissance, the Birdman Oscar nomination. And, you know, I, I haven't seen Spider-Man. I'm sure he's amazing in that. And now he's an American assassin. That's the name of the movie. That's the name of the book. And um, I'm really, oh, man. And it, it would be great if they actually made the movies based on the books. Like, I'm trying to remember all the names of the books. It's kind of hard because I read them so long ago. And, uh, man, people are, like, blowing up my uh, Facebook here. I I put on Facebook a picture of my mom's uh, Christmas trees. And I was saying that I have this, uh, it's uh, three... It's nine of her 12 Christmas trees I have here, pictures of them. And um, I put them on Facebook, and I said, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, it's not going to be long before these, uh, these Christmas trees go up. Well, yeah, so just basically someone, someone wants to come over and see them this year, and, and my sister said someone else was talking to her about them, and, and this other girl can't wait to you know, see them. Uh, and then someone said it's still summer. <laughs> well, I don't know about that if it's technically still summer because, you know, if you go to Giant Eagle, it's all Halloween candy, which I just think is utterly ridiculous that it, there is, there's, there's Halloween candy. Like I just don't, I just don't understand why they would be putting out Halloween candy in September, like, like, what, what's the deal with that? Like, first, who's buying Halloween candy this early, and just like putting it like in a drawer? I mean, are people doing that? Is that is that what, um, is that what's going on? You know, I mean, we all know I'm a really like conservative guy, right? You know, I'm like a big Republican and conservative, and I and I and I've been waiting because of these terrible storms. I've been waiting for the liberals, you know, calling out like um, global warming and all that, but you know, they they really can't because you know, saying that these hurricanes are caused by global warming, it's just, you know, it, it just fails basic science and uh, and um, yeah, I you know what I I guess the the the, the uh, Patriots are playing tonight. Let me look at this here. Let me look at this here. I'm sure they're 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 winning. Yeah, I mean, I I hate the Patriots more than anything like like in the world. I don't deny Tom Brady's greatness, but I I really hate the Patriots. I mean, I don't hate many things, you know. I think like it goes like eggplant, Patriots, you know. I mean, and pretty much in that order, probably. Um, you know, uh, gorgonzola cheese. I mean, I can't eat cheese to begin with, but when I could eat cheese, like a gorgonzola, just not, it's just not good. It's just not a good cheese. But anyway, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, the conservative thing. Sorry, I, I, I'm on Facebook because when I do a show by myself, you know, the, the, the shows for the past several months, I mean, they've been just, there's been no planning. You know, Jason and I and whoever is here just kind of hang out and we just talk for a while. And then an hour and a half later, I say goodnight. 
and that's the show. But, you know, tonight I thought Jason was coming over and uh, he said he would. Uh, well, he, he said he might. He wasn't feeling well today. He did have the day off, but he wasn't feeling well. And I thought, okay, Jay and I will do a show. You know, I live across the street. He'll be able to get the energy to come over. But he, unfortunately, is not feeling well, and that's fine. Um, and so I sat at the microphone thinking, you know, um, you know, he'd be um, coming over. And then he said, no, I'm not feeling too good. And then I started the show, and I was like, you know, I probably should have maybe done a little research on the hurricanes or, uh, you know, done, you know, something. And I decided, no, I decided not to. I decided to just 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 press go. You know, th- that's what life's about. Just just press record and see what happens. But there's so much going on. It's almost it's almost hard to keep up. You know, I, I used to be very into it. You know, we talked a lot about the the election and this, that, and the other, and politics and all that. I used to keep up with it all the time, read all the articles. And then I got this thing called a job. Oh man. Jobs suck, man. It sucks that we have to work. Doesn't it suck? You know? I, you know, it does. It does. It'd be different if I could make this kind of living and money singing. Then it really wouldn't be work. Then I would just be singing. You know? I would just be doing what I do all, all day, which is sing. Speaking of that, I'm really back into Harry Chapin. Super back into Harry Chapin. I remember as a kid, we had this this two-disc best of, like, golden collection of Harry Chapin. And I was a cat's in the cradle and the silver spoon. I mean, all the time. But he has a lot of great songs. And I'm really into the song called Corey's Coming. I, I wish I could play it, but I don't, I don't think legally I'm allowed. Uh, do, do yourself a favor. And, you know, Ch- Harry Chapin is kind of like a, an acquired taste. You know, it's story songs. It's all stories. It's not just, like, a two-minute Beatles song. It'll be, like, a seven-minute song about a guy you know who who has like a rail who work who who lives at like a railroad. Okay, Corey's coming, right? You know, um, his name's John Joe. Me, uh, John Joseph was a man with two first names. You know that that's the first line, and um, you know it's just about his life. And then you know it's and then of course you know it's always from like a perspective. Harry Chapin always kind of like plays like like a character. Right or like the narrator, and he's like, you know, he's the young guy who's talking to the old man, and the old man's like, "Corey's coming, no more sad stories coming," you know, and it's it, they're really great songs, but but they are story songs, and after a while, story songs get a little old, you know, unlike a pop rock song, like a Beatles song, which is just catchy and there's a hook and it's "I love you," yeah, 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 but a bing, you know, these are kind of different. But go listen to Corey's coming. And find a live version, okay? The recording, uh, the the recorded version is great, but find you know a live version where you're actually watching Chapin uh, sing it, and it's fantastic. And then look up Mr. Tanner. That's one I I like because it's Mr. Tanner was a cleaner from a town in the Midwest, but of all the cleaning shops around, he made his the best. But he also was a baritone who sang while hanging clothes. He practiced scales while pressing tails and sang at local shows. I mean, so it's about this guy who owns a dry cleaner, basically. And but he's also this like this like opera singer. And, you know, they convince him to go sing in New York and it doesn't go well. And it's just really great. And then my one of my okay, what is going on? Okay, so I I, I got this, this like new a computer, right? And I apparently somehow connected it to my phone. 
So now when like something happens on my phone, it beeps on my computer and it's freaking annoying. So I apologize for that. It beeping, you've probably heard it. It beeps and beeps and beeps. And I need to figure it the fuck out because it's annoying as shit. But, but anyway, there's a song called W-O-L-D. And it's, it's this great song about a guy in radio. Um, hello, honey, it's me. What did you think when you heard me back on the radio? What did the kids say when they knew it was their long-lost daddy-o? You know, and remember how I, we listened to the radio, and I said that's the place to be. You know, and he was on the FM, and they wanted to be on AM, and then about his career in radio, and I am the morning DJ at W-O-L-D-D-D-D-O-L-D. I mean, it's just fantastic. Playing all the hits for you, wherever you may be. The bright good morning voice, who's heard but never seen. I might get sued by the Chapin family, I have no idea. Uh, but I'm, I'm not really playing his music, though, I'm singing it terribly. So I don't really think they're losing any money on that. Plus, it's a free show, so sue me if you want. But I don't have any money. So anyway, um, I I get on these like like music kicks. Like uh, every once in a while, it'll be like all like Billy Joel songs. Like that's all I'll I'll be singing, and then I'll be like on an Elton John kick. And I don't know how he came back into my life, but somehow Harry Chapin stumbled back in, and I'm very happy because his story, the story song. Sometimes it's nice to just drive in your car and listen about this guy who who lives in a railroad that only one train comes a week and he's just thinking about the day that Corey's coming back and I don't know maybe it made me I was tearing up in the car listening to it because you know there's a part where he just sings it really soft Corey's coming no more sad stories coming the midnight, min, what is it? Midnight morning glories, coming on, girl. I forget those words there. And like I told you, when she holds you, she enfolds you in her world. And like I'm, I'm tearing up now. I swear to God, guys, music. There's a reason why music has been my life. It moves me so emotionally and it activates my brain and it's the that's why I don't read reading doesn't activate my 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 brain does that make sense people say oh I love reading because I can just like put myself you know like in the book and in the characters and I can imagine like the scenery and what the characters look like like I'm so dyslexic when I read a book after a sentence I don't even know what the fuck I I just read I'm much more of, I guess, a visceral. I don't know if visceral is the right word. I'm, I don't know exactly what it, what it's called. Cause I don't, I don't read, so I'm not, you know. But like, I'm more like music, like stimuli, like visual, like audio, aural stimuli. Like let's, you know, music and movies and television and things that I can see and hear and experience in that way. Reading has never been the way that I prefer to experience things. You know, music always has moved me. I mean, there's an aria, um, Frederico's Lament, I believe it's called. Um, uh, I, I I had trouble singing it because during the big climax, I would I would weep, I would cry, I would get I would tear up, I would get emotional. 
because, I mean, the character is so in love and this, that, and the other, and the way the music is written and the way the chords are, it would hit me. I mean, I would be dry. My mom told me that, like, I shouldn't drive and listen to opera because I get too emotionally into it, you know? But that's, that's how, well, you know, that's how you know, like, what is your passion? Well, well, it's very easy to discover what, what your passion is. When you do something, you get so lost in it and so involved in it that you, you know, what, what is crying and laughter, all right? Crying and laughter are things that we do when our emotions are at, a, are at a point where we can't react in any other way but to laugh or cry, where a simple word or phrase is no longer good enough, where we are moved in a way where our minds literally have to burst out in either tears or laughter. I mean, think how interesting laughter is. You know, I was, I actually, I was listening to, um, I've been listening to a lot of Howard Stern in the car, but you know, he only records like three days a week. So Thursdays and Fridays, they just, they just, and actually the rest of the day on Tuesdays or Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, they, they just replay a bunch of shit over and over again. And I was listening to the same, um, Hank Azaria interview over and over again. So I went to the, to the comedy stations, you know, why do we laugh? Like, like what, what is it about the way that person said something that makes us outburst? Right, and same with like crying, your your emotions have been pushed to a point where verbal communication is no longer good enough. Your body must expel the emotion out, you know. And that's why why did I go into opera and into music in general? It's because music is the only thing where I am one hundred percent comfortable. What I'm doing right now, I'm pretty comfortable in as well. But this, again, is like performing, and this is like music, just I'm speaking instead of playing an instrument or singing. It's pretty much the same in my mind. I'm performing for you. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, si I'm talking to you. Right? I'm sitting here alone in my uh, studio, but I'm thinking about you, that we are talking, just I'm the only one talking and you're listening. You know, I'm telling you stuff, a story. I just sang you a bunch of Harry Chapin, right? You appreciated that. Now you're going to go on Spotify, type in Harry Chapin, or go on YouTube, and you're going to hear Corey's coming. You're going to be like, wow, that's a great song. Cats of the Cradle, everyone knows that. that. That was his only hit. It's a great song. It was just, you know, it's overplayed. Mr. Tanner, you know, listen to W-O-L-D. It's a great song. You know, go, go listen to Taxi, Sequel. You know, there's a bunch of others, but I like those four. But Corey's Common is great. But, you know, that's how you find your passion. What, what like, attracts your attention in such a way where you can't help but know everything about it? Like when I was into mountain climbing, what was that about? Go listen to a few shows back, several shows back now where all I could talk about was Mount Everest. I watched the movie Everest every single day. Every day I watched the movie Everest. And then when I um, d discovered the, um, the, uh, that a documentary about Meru, I watched that every single day as well. I mean, if it was up to me, 
few months ago, I would have been climbing Mount, Mount, Mount Everest. Now I'm like, are you a fucking idiot? You're, you would die. You know, I, I probably told this story a long time ago, but I'm going to just remind, I, I, I told it to someone at work the other day and they thought it was hilarious. Speaking of you're, you're, you're going to die. So, um, when I was out in San Francisco singing this, uh, one of my colleagues, very attractive young woman, uh, was saying that she wanted to bike across the Golden Gate Bridge. And I happened to be the one either talking to her or at least with an earshot. And I said, wow, that would, that would be a lot of fun. And the next day was our day off. And she said, well, why don't we go bike across the Golden Gate Bridge tomorrow? And I said, of course. Now I wanted, I wanted nothing more than to spend some alone time with this young woman to get to know her and maybe even woo her into loving me back. But of course, I knew that wasn't going to work or happen, but I thought, you got to give it a shot, right? So I'm thinking, yeah, we're going to plan on biking across the Golden Gate Bridge, but at the end of the day, we're probably just going to hang out for the day, get some coffee. I don't drink coffee, but whatever. Just hang out in San Francisco, right? Well, she texts me the next day. She goes, hey, I have bikes reserved for 2 p.m. at such and such address, and I thought, oh my God, I have to bike across the Golden Gate Bridge. Now, if you've ever met me, you know I am in no physical shape to bike down the street, let alone bike across the Golden Gate Bridge. So I call an Uber because that's how you get around San Francisco because that's where San Francisco, I'm sorry, that's where Uber was invented and everyone and their mother is an Uber driver. And um, um, I get into the, uh, into the Uber and the Uber driver is Mexican and he is from Mexico, so he has that kind of stereotypical Mexican accent, which I'm going to do, and I apologize for. And uh, and I go, he goes, so what's up, man? And I'm like, well, um, I, I'm actually, uh, I'm actually going to go meet a girl, and we are going to bike across the Golden Gate Bridge. He goes, oh my god, man, are you like a biker? And I said, no. He goes, are you like an athlete? And I said, no. He goes, you're going to fucking die, man. <laughs> That's what he said. He goes, you're going to fucking die. And and he goes, and I he goes, well, wait a minute, man. He goes, is the girl at least cute? I said, she's very cute. He goes, well, at least you're going to die happy, man. And I I just, I he was right. I thought, I thought, just take me home. I'm literally going to die. So I I get there. I'm obviously struggling. I have no business on this bike. This girl is very fit, very athletic. She is biking like no big deal, not even sweating, not even breathing hard. I'm having five asthma attacks every minute. I mean, I have no business in shorts. I don't know what's going on. We finally get halfway over the Golden Gate Bridge, and we're taking pictures, and I got really lightheaded, and I thought to myself, I'm going to die in the middle of the Golden Gate Bridge, but it's a gorgeous day, it's clear, it's a blue sky, no fog, and I am going to die next to a beautiful young woman with a smile on my face. Now, I clearly didn't die, but at that moment, that's what I thought. But I made it. But that guy saying to me, you're going to fucking die, man. That's what he said. And with the kind of accent... You know, that kind of, it just, it was so, (laughs) oh my God, the shit we do for pussy, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Unreal. Unreal. I can't believe I survived, I have to be honest. I really cannot believe it. 
it was dumb. It was stupid. But now I can say for the rest of my life that I uh, successfully biked across the Golden Gate Bridge. And here's the thing, though. It's not like you start at the Golden Gate Bridge. You start in, like, the city at, like, the wharf or whatever it's called. Okay? And you have to bike to the bridge and then over the bridge and then bike down to Sausalito and then get on a boat and then, okay, so it's an eight-mile, I, I believe it's an eight-mile bike ride, all, all told, okay? But check this shit out. We were told the boat was going to go from Sausalito back to Pier 39, let's say. I think it was like 39 or 41 or something, just up at the wharf, right? Well, we are on, on the boat. We put the bikes on the boat. We got on the boat. We're hanging out on the boat, and we're heading towards Alcatraz, and if the boat should make a right turn, we would head up to the wharf, up to Pier uh, 39. However, when we got to Alcatraz, I noticed that the boat made a left turn. So I went to someone who obviously works on the boat, who looks like he knows what's going on. I said, listen, my man, um, why, why are we making a left turn. And he said, oh, this boat goes to Pier 1. Now, I don't mean the store. I mean Pier number 1. And we were supposed to be going to Pier, let's say, 39. Okay? And I said, I thought we were going to Pier 39. He goes, no, we're going to Pier 1. So not only did we have an 8-mile bike ride, but I had to bike up San Francisco on a on like a highway kind of road, um, you know, multi-lane road with stoplights and everything to Wharf 39. I don't even remember what her and I did after. I think we went to a party with like a bunch of people, but um, all I know is that I survived and I didn't fucking die, but I probably should have. <laughs> I probably should have because I had no business doing that at all. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that's enough for today on show 57, TMPS 57, the Michael Solo Show. I don't know. Maybe I'll name it the Michael Solo Show. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to name it. We'll figure it out. And uh, I got to do a plug here for uh, Chico Taylors. You know, um, I've been thinking about Chico Taylors, and I, I, I really want to get some kind of like welcome back to Pittsburgh shirt. Like that was always kind of like my thing. Like I wanted to get... You know, for my moving back, I wanted to call up Larry Chico and be like, hey, I don't know if I want to do black and gold per se, maybe something a little more subtle than like, um, you know, something really stark black and gold, maybe like a, like a, like a, you know, something more subtle. Let's just put it that way. But I haven't talked to him yet. But, um, but anyway, if you need a custom shirt, there's only one place to go in the Pittsburgh area. And that is Chico Taylor's at 133 West North street, Butler PA 16001. Call them at 724-287-5814. You can email them at info at Chico Taylor's.com. Chico is spelled C I C C O over four generations of experience goes into every garment. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. And we will see you next week on the Michael Papinchak show.